Hey, sweet sister friend. All right, just a quick little announcement that we are taking a quick intermission from our Fight Like Heaven series because I wanted to share some timely insight with you from my dear friend and sister in Christ, Nicole Orr. We know that summer's in full swing and the 4th of July holiday weekend is on the horizon. So I thought that her wisdom on how to reclaim your body image would give you some good calorie-free food for thought. All right, now, sister, this is a one-size-fits-all message, as I know women of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds who need to hear this message today. So grab your notebook and get ready for today's show. All right, we'll see you on the other side. All right, sweet sister friends, welcome back to the Shine With Brainy Show. I'm so glad you're here today because we have a very special guest joining us today. And very much as you guys know, I share oftentimes how here on the Shine With Brainy Show, I have many friends that I have met virtually and through social media platforms and whatnot. And if only my experience with creating friends through online was as successful as my online dating. Okay, let's just be real about that. So I have a newfound friend with me today, my dear sweet sister friend, Nicole, whom we met in a, one of the business groups that we're in. It's another faith-based uh, business group that we're a part of. And she had posted something and I tagged and we just started talking and um, we have many things in common you will find out, but I want to introduce you sweet sister, Nicole, Orr. welcome. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Awesome. So sometimes you guys may have heard me uh, mention Revelation Wellness, that I'm one of the instructors. Um, I've attended the retreats and done their programming. I've also put it out there on social media. Well, Nicole is also a Revelation Wellness instructor. So we had that in common and many mutual friends as well. So I invited her to come on today to tell us a little bit about her story and her journey, because that was one of the common threads um, that led us both to Revelation Wellness, I believe. And so, Nicole, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about you as, you know, a woman of woman of God, a daughter of the King, sure. and maybe some of the labels, air quote, that you might wear, you know, here sure. on earth. Yes. So I live in Holland, Michigan, and we're kind of new transplants. We lived here about eight years. We were um, in Columbus, Ohio for a long time. Um, I have been married to my husband, Andrew, for 23 years, and we have three teenage sons. So life is dirty and smelly and <laughs> wonderful. Um, yes, I am a Revelation Wellness instructor. I do some personal training. And what I get most fired up about is just one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have a business called Revelation Wellness Whole and Free. And my passion is really to see women whole and free which there is no better way than we should be living on this side of heaven than whole and free since, you know, the crucifixion gave us one, right. The, the freedom there, exactly. that, that we taking away sins. And then of course the wholeness and the restoration and the healing and everything came from the resurrection. So I love how you're able to combine those two together. So, well, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about what led you to revelation wellness and perhaps your own little personal story, Feel free yeah. to share as much as you a little bit. I know that oftentimes, you know, God will give us experiences so that we can help others on their journey, you know, and oftentimes yeah. it's how we build our businesses or our ministries and things like that. And it's birthed through a passion or a pain. So tell us a little bit about Absolutely. the catalyst that led you to your own, you know, business, if you will, your sure. ministry. Yeah. So, you know, I think God is so good. He's just such a redeemer. So definitely out of my own brokenness is how really that's my calling. It, it stemmed from the brokenness. Um, but really it goes back to, and I'm not going to bore anyone. It goes back to the day I was born. So I was born a victor. Um, I was supposed to be um, named Chantel. So I was the very first girl after four boys. And I guess when I came out, I didn't look like a Chantel. So my sister got that name and I was named Nicole. 
which is interesting because all of, I have nine siblings now and everyone has really unique names and I'm Nicole, right? <laughs> but it means victory. And I really believe that God named me from the day I was born. Um, I am a victor and my name is victory. And now I lead other people um, to victory. But um, I really had a wonderful childhood. Um, I was raised in a Christian home and everything was like a fairy tale. It felt perfect to me. And then it started to unravel. And I would say um, when I was a tween, I was sexually abused. My um, parents were divorced and I kind of went from like just this wonderful neighborhood and home where everything felt good and secure to all of a sudden I moved with, you know, there's 10 kids. So the five oldest kids went with dad, five youngest went with mom. So I was the oldest of the five youngest. And for the first time I walked home from school to an empty house and it was in a not so good area. And I remember people calling out to me on the way home and when I would get inside the door, I would slam the door shut and sit by the door and eat really until my mom got home. So I loved Jesus, but food had just become this counterfeit comfort. So I became very obese in a short time and went through junior high and high school, severely obese. And you can probably relate to this, but I was um, bullied and teased and just my junior high and high school years were just miserable. Um, I hated myself. I remember one time asking my youth pastor why God made me so ugly hmm. and he didn't really have a response for me, but that's how I lived. That was my filter. So sometime in my, I don't know, probably senior year, I decided I'm losing this weight and I did it of course the wrong way. I just didn't eat, you know, I counted out grapes and crackers and just didn't eat. I did lose the weight. So by the time I go to college, I went to Bible college to study to become a minister. No one knew that I was overweight and I really got to experience high school years at college like I was a cheerleader and on student council and had a wonderful life had guys that wanted to date me and it was fantastic I was setting to become a minister and I really sensed hypocrisy in my own life and I'll tell you why I had lost all the weight so everyone's commending me for my wonderful self-control but inside I knew that I was still going to food for comfort I was just going to celery and carrots and I remember like, I did not want to be a hypocrite. And so I stopped, it was my senior year. And I said, God, I'm not going any further until you give me victory. If I'm going to preach that you're a God of victory, then I have to have it in my own life because I knew that food was still my comfort. So we wrestled it out for months. Like I remember when that pole of the pantry, can you relate to this? Oh, hundred percent. And pantry. I know that my listeners can't, yeah. I know that there's somebody out there not yeah. too. Oh my goodness. And the refrigerator, like I remember it felt you know, like magnetic, like it was sucking me in because it just felt like I had to have it. I mean, I was an addict and I would put my shoes on and get out of the house and just run. And, you know, I wrote worship songs to the Lord and just sang and pleaded with him. And it was months down the road that I was like, oh my goodness, that pull of food, it's gone. And it just was less and less and less. So this is all kind of a personal journey for me and the Lord. And I remember the first time he said, I want you to share this with someone. And I was like, no way. Like, you know, this is over 20 years ago. People didn't say they were addicted to anything unless you're absolutely just weird. And I was like, I cannot, and no one knows. Like, why do they have to know? Right. So I remember when I sat down and shared it with someone and it's like, God gave me an even greater measure of freedom. Like I was free and I was like, what? There's more, but there was so much freedom. And then over the years he would um, have me share it again. And I'd share it again. And I just found that um, I love working with women. And I can spot 
people that struggle, whether they have struggle with obsession or neglect. So I did neglect my body. Then I, I was in this narrow way and I kind of felt like I wanted to thank God by being perfect. So I've always been a goody two shoes and I was like, you know what, God, I'm just going to keep being perfect for you. And that, that kind of went into like my body too, thinking like, well, if you gave me freedom, then I would thank you and maintain my victory by being perfect. And at some point the Lord had to deal with that. And that's when I found revelation wellness. I was in this, like, oh, you know what? I'm free and I'm walking in freedom, but I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to strive. And I don't remember. I did some random Google search um, on revelation wellness. I think I was making new year's resolutions or something. And then I got the stomach flu for three days and, you know, couldn't work out. And I did something crazy. Like how do you keep your new year's, new year's resolutions? for fitness from your bed, you know, something crazy and revelation wellness came up and the Lord really used that whole season to just go, you know what, you're whole, you're free, no striving, no perfectionism. So, um, yeah, that is really what led me to revelation wellness. So powerful though, too. Like, I'm just going to kind of circle back to some of your story. You know, as you mentioned, yeah. there are many things that you and I share in common. And I know the listeners too, that, you know, whether it be on one end or the other, like you mentioned, you were thin, but yet you still struggled because you recognized that you were still going to food. It was just now air quote healthy, you know, the carrots and celery. Yep. And so I know that, um, a lot of times women will turn to other vices, you know, and in my story, yeah. I've shared about how I just continue to go through different vices. They just kept maturing with me, whether it be alcohol, promiscuity, whatever it was, I was constantly looking for that void. And so, I mean, the challenge too, and I, and I just commend you on it is that, you know, the hypocrisy piece, because I know that there have been times where I felt like an imposter or I felt like a hypocrite because I'm like, look, like there are times where I still want to eat cake. Like, especially, you know, I'm just going through this breakup right now. And I'm like, my default is to go back to where my heart wound is. And my little yeah. girl that was rejected, my little five-year-old heart is to go back to, as you mentioned, food is your counterfeit comfort, you know? Yeah. And so what would you say to someone? I know you had said it was kind of like a prolonged, you know, wrestling match with you and the Lord, yeah. but would you give a practical tip or, you know, maybe a way, or maybe there's even a scripture, what would you say was kind of, um, was there a pivotal point or was it just that long season where you just had to like literally be in the trenches with the Lord wrestling, grappling this out? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a combination because there's the practical piece, but there was also for me, a spiritual component. And I'm speaking for myself. But when I finally came to the Lord and I said, Lord, forgive me. And I confessed what I was doing as sin. I didn't want to do that. I kind of wanted to say like, I'm struggling with food or I'm struggling with weight. But when I actually realized that I was going to another God and I confessed it as sin, there was a major turning point. And I cannot speak for other people. You cannot look at someone and their body size and say whether or not they're sitting with food. I'm speaking for myself, but that was pivotal. And then, you know, I think it's, you know, if there's, if it's a physical issue, there's a physical answer, but if it's a spiritual issue, there's a spiritual answer. So for me, it's like the Lord taught me in that wrestling and in that walking. Um, he taught me to come to him for comfort. Like I learned to go to God as my comforter, my true comforter. And so that was what that whole journey was about. And then practically, you know what? I move my body six days a week. Um, I nourish my body with real food most of the time, but like there's no food that's off limits. So like, I don't live 
on a diet and that's not what I teach my clients to do. You know, I really am, um, you know, I want to be spirit led in all things. So sometimes that means I'm going to take a slower pace. And sometimes that means, you know, I'm going to run three miles, you know, it just, it depends on the day, but I do want to care for my body, but it's not first place. That's so powerful. And I'm just taking notes down because I want to make sure I don't interrupt you, but I also want to make sure I can oh, get good. things in. And it was, that was really, really profound. What you just said in terms of, you know, if there's a physical problem, if there's a physical answer or solution and the same yeah. thing conversely with spiritual. And I think so often that we look to our physical bodies, you know, we can look to someone and say like, oh, they have a problem with eating. Well, not always, right? Like it doesn't depends on the size, but also recognizing that there's something that's going on down deeper a lot of times, or sometimes it is just like, I really like, you know, sugar, whatever it is, you know, exactly your own vice there. So I think that's powerful too, because so many times, you know, doctors will just say, well, go on a diet or try this, or, you know, go on this pill or something. And they think that it's so physical. And that's the reason why, and this is the perfect segue. Um, that's the reason why the majority of people it's over 90% of people who have extreme weight loss actually gain their weight back within the first yep. three years. And yeah. your story I know has been one of pretty extreme weight loss for decades now, you know, you've been, yeah. I know you've been yep. and whatnot. Um, but that was another one of the common threads that you and I had. And I think that that's a perfect, you know, time for us to chat about this in terms of, you know, giving really practical tools for the women who might be listening today and saying, okay, what are some ways that you can, and again, like you said, there might be a spiritual component, there might be a physical component, but what are some ways, or maybe a tip that you might share with someone if you are working with them and how to, um, you know, really be mindful of the long-term impact and what might kind of lead them onto that journey of exploration to the spiritual or the soul yeah. piece that might be impacting maybe their physical. Yeah. So one thing it's like to just remember that God cares about every bit of us. And sometimes like I'll work with women that have been like, oh, I never realized that my body issues that God would even care about. And God cares. I mean, he knows the number of hairs on your head. So he cares about all of you. So first of all that, and then I think just something very simple is finding hunger. So a lot of times people have, they don't even know what hunger feels like. And it's that God has given us a cue for hunger and fullness. And so sometimes at the very beginning, when I'm working with a client, it's just, let's do this simple thing. And like, what does it feel like to be hungry? Let's find what that means again. And then thank God that he gave us these cues. That's a good, when I have that hunger cue, that is an invitation to eat. And God gave us taste buds. So just, you know, just because I've lost weight, that does not mean I don't enjoy food. God gave me food. When I enjoy food, um, I mean, it's, it's something that he's given us. It's a gift, right. you know, so it leads me to him to say, thank you. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we can enjoy our food. So it's not like food is bad. No, God gave us food, but like, let's enjoy it. And when we have physical hunger, we enjoy our food more than when we have a spiritual need and we go to food, it doesn't even taste good. You know, so sometimes it's just simple in terms of let me find that hunger cue that God gave me. What does that feel like? That's so powerful because I feel like that is so, um, overlooked, you know, we just eat yeah. out of boredom. We eat out of, we don't yeah. even recognize when we're hungry anymore. It's just a constant, like you were talking before we hopped on today that you're, you know, you have these, these yep. boys and you're just like, they're constantly yeah. hungry, you know? And it's yes. just, yes. we're we are constantly hungry because we are, we're, we're striving 
for love, but really there's only one source of love, right? It's not going to come yeah. in the yeah. bottom of a ho-ho box or whatever, you know, or yeah. a pizza box yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so I think that that's really powerful is that recognition. Like you said, just the awareness that your body is hungry and Ecclesiastes, yeah. it tells us, you know, enjoy food, like yeah. live it, like love it, you know, yeah. allow yourself to yeah. eat it. And so uh, a lot of my listeners know that I say like, there's not a bad food, right? No, and no way. There are, there are foods that are better for you and that are more nourishing yep. and fuel for your body. Yep. But when we label things as bad or good, that our bodies already respond to that, you know, like, oh, I should totally, or, oh, I'm going to have to pay for this tomorrow at the gym. Like, I'm sure you and yep. I can both go on and on and yep. say, not only the things that we've said to ourselves, but the things we hear people say to our, you know, in our, in our totally you know, spheres. And so yeah. that's really powerful. So what is one really practical? I think that the hunger, you know, um, kind of scale, if you will, that's really that awareness, I think is really, really powerful. What is one of the things that perhaps that you see, um, in the women you work with? I know that one-on-one is really your kind of your jam, if you will, yeah. your sweet spot. Yeah. Is there something in particular that you, is there a common thread to sometimes I know, obviously much of our addictions or much of our, you know, patterns of behaviors in life. Yeah. Um, are filling a void for finding a bite, an idol, which is why God knew yeah. that. Like, yeah. look at the commandments. You shall have no totally. other for me. <laughs> that was the yep. first one, you know, yep. like he realizes we're going to put things in front of him. And so what might you say to somebody or what might be a common thread that maybe somebody might be able to, I mean, I'm sure that people are like, oh yeah, this, these women are yeah. my language. Is there something else that you might be able to resonate with them? Well, I just think women in general, and I am not, I cannot say every woman, but probably every woman that I have uh, worked with, there, there is this pursuit of perfection and of self. Like, and, and even, you know, I work with Christians and non-Christians. It is faith-based accountability, but I have had non-Christians come my way and I'm like, absolutely. But there is like, um, you know, our culture tells us self first, love yourself, you know, be perfect. Mm-hmm. And really that is, um, you know, it's, it's self, it's an idol of self. So some of it is just reframing saying, you know, what do you think God would want you to weigh? You know, what does God think about, you know, the way that you look like? And sometimes too, you know, we've got to take the pressure off. So I have women that I've worked with that if you saw them, you'd say, well, you don't have a weight issue. You don't, you know, have an issue. And, and yet there's this obsession with it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So I see that. And then I see the other side, which is neglect. But a lot of times the, you know, the theme is it's the, it's the same thing, you know? Um, and I just, you know, constantly say, you know, shift your gaze, eyes off yourself, eyes off yourself, eyes off yourself. And you know what? I think too, like when we start to look to God and we want to shine for him, mm-hmm. then our own imperfections, we can embrace them and just go, you know what? I'm not meant to be perfect. Right. You know, it's Okay. You know, there was a time I was so insecure about my appearance that it just kept me so inward. Yeah. You know, it's like, because I was, I didn't want anyone's eyes on me, mm-hmm. but that's just really another form of pride, really, mm-hmm. you know, and it's still putting myself, you know, first, you know, because what if the Lord wants people to see me, even with my imperfections and flaws, what if he can use me better right. with those imperfections, Right. you know? Well, that's powerful. And it goes all the way back to what you had mentioned about your youth group. You know, that, that really struck a chord when you just mentioned that your youth group leader, when you asked why you're so ugly and he didn't have a response, like right. as a leader and, you know, as a leader in the ministry, like you would think that he would be like, uh, first of all, you're not ugly. God only makes good things. Right. Go back to Genesis. Right. And then, you right. know, this is one part of me. And then, um, you know, just really thinking about 
like you said, you kind of cowered, you know, kind of introverted, made yourself an introvert because of that. And yep. really that's not a Matthew five fourteen where you're not shining your light for the Lord. Like no. when you go and you put yourself, you know, put baby in the corner, metaphorically speaking, no one's able to see Jesus, you know, exactly. And so I love that you really work with women on that, because like you said, you might look at a woman and not think that they had any air quote problems or issues or addictions. And I think that's one of the challenges too, is our day and age. Like we have to remember that while we're citizens of you fill in the the country, whether it be America or the Philippines, I have listeners all over We're king, we're kingdom citizens. You know, you have to think about that more importantly is like, like you mentioned, I love, how does God see me? not saying, okay, I'm going to walk into this party and I don't know anybody. And how are they going to see me or perceive yeah. me? Like, how does God see me walking into this room? That's it. Yes. Powerful girl. Yes. That's really powerful. So, oh my gosh, I love this. I, I love it. I mean, I feel like I can keep talking. So tell us a little bit about like your one-on-one kind of coaching. I know you mentioned you work with believers yeah. and non-believers. Tell us a little bit yeah. about what that would look like. I know that you're currently on a wait list and you're opening up back yeah. up in August, which is great. Um, we'll put all the details of that. So my listeners know in the show notes, if you're interested in, you know, sure. diving in deeper, yeah, sure. but what would you say it looks kind of like, I know it's different for every person, but what yeah. does it look like for you? Yeah, it is very, very one-on-one. So um, when I first started, I did group coaching and there is a place for that for sure. But I I found that like at the end of the session, it was like, oh, we we could just go deeper if I could just work, especially with her. So I started just offering one-on-one coaching. And so we prayerfully sit down and make goals together. Um, And when I say prayerfully, like, you know, God, what are your goals? Like, so not, not so much, what are your goals or what would my goals be for you? But Lord, what are you saying? So we take time to pray. And we come up with a written plan of action and I do 12 weeks. And the reason I do that is at first there's that honeymoon period and it feels really easy and fun. And then we get through the hard and then we keep going. So by the time we're done with 12 weeks, like we know each other. So what I do is um, I give like, I call them assignments, not like you're in school, but I work every single day on leading you, the, the client through her goals. And I always say, you know, most women come to me, they're desperate, they're at the end of the rope. And I say, I want you to take that load and I want you to just hand it to me. Will you trust me for these 12 weeks to lead you? I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to, I just want you to do whatever I ask you to do. And they have to trust me. And then really they're trusting the Lord. And we just slowly, gently work through their goals. And I have seen women who have done, you know, every diet in the book and they've done all the externals. And it's always taken them right back to gaining weight. And so we, you know, like Revelation Wellness says, train the heart and the body will follow. So really that's what I'm doing on an individual basis. I'm taking these hearts and I'm just traveling through these 12 weeks and I'm seeing women walk in freedom. So it is seriously the best thing. Like I can genuinely say, I love my clients and it's such a gift and an honor um, to walk through, through with them. It's amazing. Well, it seems like God has entrusted you, you know, and you steward well what he's entrusted to you. And that is such a beautiful thing. And to have that one-on-one connection, like you said, you love the people you work with, you know, you literally do create that intimate bond because, you know, we're two or three, three are gathered together, right? That that's where the Lord is and yeah. that, that strong bond cannot be broken. And so I feel like that's a, such a huge component that we need one, we need community, just, you know, fellowship with a lot of other believers, but really having that person, that advocate here in the flesh. Of course, we have the Holy Spirit as our advocate, but having somebody who will stand in the gap for you and to take the fiery darts, you know, alongside of you and with you and for you sometimes. That's what your role kind of is, is you're interceding and and doing all the things for the women. So 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, I have one really cool story that I just thought of. Yeah. Um, share it. I had a woman come to me. She had just heard about me from someone else and she was not a believer. And I said, you know, this is faith-based accountability. So I said, sometimes I'll be having you read scripture, you know, in the Bible. And she was like, well, yeah, that's, that's fine. I feel drawn to you. So I said, okay. So we worked together for, you know, 12 weeks and near the end, I mean, she had come to know the Lord and she was reading scripture every day and just, it was amazing. So the whole journey. Um, and I would say probably three months ago or so I reached out to her just to find out how she was doing. Like I, I, you know, end up being friends with these women and I just was checking up on her and she said, I'm actually, you know, in the hospital with COVID and she died like two days later. And it was one of those things, like, I was like, Lord, like what an honor, you know, that a year previous here, this woman comes to me, like the Lord was clearly working in her life, but came to know the Lord through accountability. Like it was much bigger than her body. Yeah. So much bigger. It was about her heart. And that's why, like, to me, this is so much bigger. But what I've seen is that when women are struggling with their body, you know, what keeps them inward. It's the filter they enter every room in every day in there's that filter. And so that's why when you're not living whole and free, it's hard to do what God's called you to do. He's got good works for each of us to do today, but sometimes those body issues feel so big that they prevent us from doing those things. What a powerful testimony, obviously, as you mentioned too, that, you know, God always, he'll prepare, um, he'll prepare the people and he'll put them in our path. And sometimes like, what if he would have closed that door altogether and would have said, you know what? I only work with Christians, you know, exactly. And so I love that you, you know, one, you were overt about it and shared it with her, but then two, like you said, she said to you, I'm drawn to you. So there was that, you know, spirit light inside of you that was still, you were the beacon, you know, for her to come to know the Lord. So what a huge testimony, you know, to you and your faithfulness. So that's awesome. That's good. That's huge. That's really important. So, all right, well, I'm just going to finish with some rapid fire. I know you already shared a little bit about how people can connect with you. I will put all of your information, you know, your website, your social handles, all that information. And then of course, if people want to sign up on a waiting list, we'll begin in August. So they can go ahead and just email you and get a part of that. But I just want to finish with some quick, fun, rapid fire. Um, before we ended up. All right. Okay. Mountains or ocean? Ocean. Ocean. Okay. Pizza or tacos? Uh, I eat tacos every single day of my life. Um, Are you soft shell, hard shell? You know, soft. Okay. Yeah. I think that that's like, that's always a, that's always a win. Soft shell is always good. All right. Salty or sweet? See, that's just a tie. It depends on the day. It's like a, a minute for me. It's not even a day. Exactly. I'm like, I'm exactly. Something. Well, it is amazing too, how our bodies will tell us what we're craving. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't eat another cookie. I'm like, I want, you know, I want some vegetables or something. I want sweet potatoes. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's good. All right. And then, um, current book or your favorite book. Besides so I have a book on order that I cannot wait to read and it should come today. And it's called starving the fairy tale by Emily Copeland. Have you oh. heard of it? No, but it sounds like a good title. Okay. Yeah. I've listened to a podcast on it and then she'll post snippets and quotes from the book on Instagram. And I'm like, give me this book. I cannot wait. I've been waiting. Yeah. So it really is just about the whole self culture and how like we are not called to love self, but self first. And so she's calling starving that fairy tale. And I think it's just going to be probably hard and good. Well, I can't wait. Maybe that'll be a book club read because I feel like we live in this, you know, not even fairy tale society anymore. It's kind of like this filtered, 
I guess it's a filtered yep. fairy tale. We watched through everybody, you know, through the lens of a social media film. And, you know, I've been putting out a lot of things that have been real and emotional in the last few weeks. And people yeah. have just been overwhelmingly like responding to it because they're like, you know, to see you crying or to hear you crying on a podcast. I'm yeah. like, I didn't mean it, but like, that's how, I mean, people connect with emotion. And so I love that, you know, she's taking, like you said, it's going to be hard and she's taking something that we all aspire to have or yeah. to, you know, to attain. And she's just saying like, nope, like let's just starve it out. So that's good. Well, yes. Emily Copeland, you said. Yes. Emily Copeland. Okay. I might have to buy that as well then for a good, for a good yes. time to read, maybe at the beach or something. So yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, guys, I am so grateful that you decided to join us today and you got to hear from Miss Nicole. I will, like I said, put all the information. You can connect with her and follow her on social and then sign up for any type of one-on-one programming. And who knows, maybe she'll be at one of our Shine Retreats offering some of her uh, yes. with us. So we would love to have you there. So thank you, sweet sister. I appreciate you. Thank you. All Thanks right. And me. to our listener who's out there today, if this blessed you, you know that I believe that everything is the two for one business. So go ahead and pass it, pay it forward, pass it on to a friend, because if it blessed you, most likely it will bless someone else. And until we meet next time, keep on shining.